Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chill and Vibe Deluxe Version podcast. I don't know why I have that headphone, that microphone like that, but yeah, we have welcome to another episode of the Chill and Vibe Deluxe Version podcast. In this episode, I actually have a special guest, uh, one of my good friends. Like we've been probably known each other for probably over a year now, and yeah, he's he's a really cool dude. He he used to have a Twitch stream, and mm-hmm. honestly, like he's just a really really overall dope dude. And just a little background on him, we're going to just go ahead and go get into like stuff that he listens to, what type of music he listens to, and everything like that. But without further ado, um, Ben, I really appreciate you for joining the podcast. So like, tell, tell everyone about yourself. Well, my pleasure. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I've, I've been following the podcast since, uh, since it started. I'm a big fan. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we've been... Uh, hanging out in gaming for quite a while now uh been we've been going for at least a year maybe two and some change um but uh but yeah i um uh, i've been a big fan of just music in general for for basically my entire life and and i've uh you know been influenced by a lot of artists and uh and you know uh, i enjoy like the the like you know both obviously the music aspect of it as well as like the performance of it which is part of why i uh i did the whole twitch stream thing which was uh was a lot of fun i did that for about a year right. and uh and yeah that was it was it was a blast yeah and honestly like whoever like he doesn't stream anymore but honestly that stream was one of my go-tos like it just like always had it on the background just like this dude just like endless <laughs> entertaining <laughs> just entertainment like for all day whenever he was doing it but I know you said that music was or has been a big part of your life and a lot of influence that that goes in your life. But like, what type of music do you like generally listen to? Like, is your like go to sort of thing? Uh, so I <clears throat> I grew up with uh, with parents in radio, um, and uh, and so you know when I was growing up, both my parents worked at rock stations in in the nineties. Oh wow. Um, so so like a lot of my early influences were like classic rock and uh and like classic metal um so so a lot of like the like 80s rock and uh and and that like 90s kind of alternative rock um so anything from from like metallica and pantera over to like you know third eye blind um right were, were the kind of things that i that i grew up listening to but uh but I also had like, you know, obviously with parents and radio, like they're listening to music all the time. Right. Um, so so I was exposed to all kinds of stuff. So like I, I also grew up listening to like disco and jazz and uh, and a lot of a lot of like broad uh, musical tastes. So so I'm kind of all over the board at this point. Right. But uh, but I still I love me some of that, you know, alternative rock. I still listen to jazz and, uh, you know, I've kind of tapered off with with metal uh as right. a consistent thing but i do love it i i i love music it's fantastic right <laughs> right i don't think there's i don't think i could go one day without listening to music i mean right when you call me i was listening to music so there's yeah like, like it's just like a big part of my life too and that's that's really cool how you had parents and radio and i guarantee you probably like knew a lot of stuff that other kids didn't know because of your parents and radio and like discovering new bands and new artists and stuff like that so that's really nifty i really like i really think that's fucking cool as shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah was... it was one of my favorite like 
I don't know, bonuses that I ever got from my parents being in radio was, uh, do you remember when uh, when Kanye West dropped uh, Graduation? Yeah. I, I think I had a copy of that uh, like two weeks before <laughs> before it actually dropped because wow. because, you know, they had like like early releases of it. And because uh, like stations are often uh, like affiliated as a group. Right. So like because the rock station they worked at was affiliated with with the like hip hop station, uh, they just had a bunch of these uh, copies. Dude, and, that's uh, so freaking I was, I was nice. listening to that like ahead of time and it was uh, primo. Those can we stuff. just like can we just like take a minute to like appreciate like besides all like the mental issues with Kanye West, but can we just like appreciate like him and his music for a second? Like how oh. like his discography, like his whole discography, I don't think he missed on a single one. Like, oh no. And they're so different and he just like influenced so many artists, like from like so many genres with with what he did, like from graduation all the way to Donda. So yeah. like no, he's he is spectacular. And like say what you will about him. There's there's a lot of mixed feelings, but uh but you know, first and foremost, above all else, the guy is an artist. Right. That dude that dude puts out art and right. and, and goes hard every time. I'm gonna I, let I you respect finish, the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it like just like that like he's like the perfect the perfect like what am I trying to say? Like he's like the perfect example of separating the art from the artist sort of thing. Cause like you, you if yeah. you're just gonna base your opinion on him just off personal stuff, like everything that he's done in his personal life, then mm-hmm. granted you have a case for that. But like if you just like listen like a blind listen on any of his music, any of his albums, it's just like damn, who would even think about this stuff? Like who would even think about dropping something like that? Like yeah, because he was. Like he was like one of the first artists to in hip hop anyway to actually be vulnerable on a track like on an album like not just like talking about like like the pussy money weed sort of thing or just yeah. like trying to like fuck bitches get money and it's just like damn like he's actually like bringing religion into like into like a hip hop album and making mm-hmm. it hard like that was like probably Jesus walks like every yeah. freaking gangster and thug was like bumping that <laughs> it's just like yeah, dude. wait who would even think about it, putting that on a hip hop track. Well, that was that was my whole thing about uh, about graduation, because I think I was like, I don't know, 13, 14, something like that. Um, and uh, and it was the first like hip hop album I'd ever listened to that was like truly introspective. Right. Like like he was very critical with himself and how he like felt about getting famous and right. like what that does to you. And it was right. like that. uh uh, what's I think the song Homecoming where he's talking about Chicago yeah like and and this like dichotomy between like you know like you want to get famous you want to leave the town that you're in so that you can go and like grow but then you know having to deal with like how you're treated when you come home and right. and like it's it's wild it yeah, that just blew my mind I had never right. heard like hip-hop be approached that way you know right like having like the like actually stories told within hip-hop like yeah. having like it's just like like this whole journey that he goes on like you could see and you could hear it in every track and every song just like damn like he's actually putting his emotions into that so <laughs> so yeah that's like the perfect scenario of like separating the art from the artist and um and just i know i know we're gamers i know like we play a lot of games and everything like that so what what would you say 
is like the top five games or anything like or along those lines if you can for the top like video game soundtrack or like just top like video game like music that's a good one okay so uh i'm gonna go ahead and group them together for like this whole spread of games um just because like it's all pretty similar and uh and and it just like holds up so well um and this this top five will be like in no particular order because it's just fantastic but uh Uh, the Dark Souls series, I thought, had a phenomenal soundtrack. Um, you know, every area that you're in has a, like, distinct sound to it. And then, uh, like, most particularly the boss battles right. were, were, like, orchestrated particularly particularly for each boss. Right. Um, and, and so you would get this, like, this vibe. There was... Uh, in Dark Souls 3, there's one called uh, Dancer of the Boreal Valley, and it's this like crazy, slow, ethereal fight, and and the uh, the music that goes along to it is is just very like slow and and methodical, and they actually time the uh, the bosses' movements to the music. It's oh, it's wow. really weird, and it's it's timed to the offbeat, like it's right. it's wild. Um, that's really so that's cool. that's way up there. Um, one that I've recently been going through that I think is uh, is an absolute like knockout game. It's it's phenomenal. Is uh, Hollow Knight, and that one has some of the best like atmospheric music that uh, that I've played with, and that one uh, is just really really nice. Like the vibe of where you're at is matched perfectly by the music, and oh. uh, it's. It's one of those ones where you always have like background music going at all times. Right. So when there isn't music, like you feel it. It's <laughs> right. it's very purposefully done. And right. uh, and I thought that was that was really really well done. Uh let's see. The uh the Near series, like Near Automata that dropped uh, a few years back, um has really really good like orchestral and kind of like uh what is it choral choral i think it's choral music um that like kind of church vocalist uh right. again kind of ethereal feel right. to it um they have a really really good soundtrack um there was another one uh did you ever play uh sunset overdrive it was one I, of the it was one of those like premier Xbox One games. Right. That, I don't think I I haven't played it, but I heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. That game, first off, is just a riot. It's it's so much fun. And it's one of those games that you know was purely made to just have fun. You get in, right. you go crazy. Um, but the uh the music in that game just matches that vibe perfectly. Like it's right. it's just fun, it's upbeat, and uh and they like Paste that perfectly with it. And uh, let's see. It's another one. Honestly, I got to say, just for, again, like, it matches the vibe perfectly. Uh, uh, Rocket League. Rocket League did a mm. great job of, uh, of like, curating a soundtrack from a bunch of different, like, EDM artists. Right. Um, and, and it just, 
it puts you in that like I'm gonna play soccer with like rocket powered RC cars. Like it, <laughs> right? it gets you there, and it's it's really really well done. You know, I I really agree with that because like every time I play Rocket League, even if the match goes sour, it's just like you know what? Like I actually feel like I'm in that atmosphere. And it's just like you know what? Like we're we're Hot Wheels on crack. Like we're, we're trying to get this <laughs> big ass ball in this goal, and it's three yeah. on three, four v four. But like it's just like yeah, it matches that energy really really nicely. But yeah. can we just like I'm I'm really surprised that you didn't even like throw a nod to like the Zelda series as far as like video games. Oh. Like, now you're not wrong, and I and I absolutely don't disagree. The only reason I think I didn't throw that in there is because I feel like everybody throws it in there. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like you have to though. Have and to that's like... the, the well, that's the thing is like you know I want to kind of broaden it a little bit, but I, I uh, honorary mention to to right. the Zelda series because like I don't know, Lost Woods will always be a vibe. Yeah. Like, well, the whole like the whole Ocarina of Time, like Ocarina of Time and Majora's yeah. Mask, like those two alone, like mm-hmm. that, like, like kind of how you mentioned with the whole Dark Souls thing, like yet the boss battle has their own specific, their own specific like songs and their own specific themes, and like same thing with those Zelda games. Everywhere you go has a specific song for it, yeah. and every boss has its own specific song, even if it's a boss, it's just like. Ugh really i have to play this one again but like yeah. but you know what i mean like you know what to expect so i think that's like that had a, i feel like the zelda series has to get be honorable mention mm-hmm. just because again like it was like one of those like games that paved the way for a lot of the games that we play now oh yeah that it like pioneered a lot of the like rpg elements that that like I I just look for I like require in a lot of the games that I play. Um, right. Like I still like on my Switch I still go back and play Breath of the Wild constantly. Right. Like it's See, it's that a go to. That's the only one I haven't played. Oh really? I played oh, everyone dude. but Breath of the Wild. It's it's great. It was mandatory. Haley told me that I wanted to play Breath of the Wild, but then she's like, "You haven't played any other Zelda games." So like, all right. And then so we have the GameCube, and she has like oh. the the zelda collection so it has like oh. it has majora's mask it has ocarina time it has wind waker it has twilight princess so wow. i played all those and oh my god i was just hooked and then after twilight fantastic. princess they're so good i think um i think twilight princess is actually underrated for what it was oh i absolutely agree i i think both uh twilight princess and wind waker like caught a lot of flack um mm. For, for the way that they played out. And, like, I don't know, I understand the criticisms that they get, but, uh, man, they're just, they're still just, they're, they're a Zelda game. You can't go wrong. They don't miss. They just right. don't. I think the only, my only complaint with Wind Waker was it was kind of tedious, like, whenever you're going to go, like, to the boss fight for Ganon to get the Triforce, the Triforce pieces. Yeah. You go all around the map, and you're That's on the true. open open water for, like, probably 30 minutes that you're never going to get back <laughs> yeah that's a good point i uh i don't know i always enjoy a uh like a relatively easy and like com- comfortable way to travel i guess right um like uh to to that note specifically um like assassin's creed black flag i don't know if you mm-hmm. ever played that one but they got sailing like perfect Right. And and like they enabled fast travel in that game, like you could, but uh, but oftentimes I would just choose to sail because right. it feels good. And right. uh, and that was kind of <laughs> like where I was with Wind Waker was like I enjoyed 
that like feeling of being out in the ocean. Right. Um, so so like it does get tedious, but but right. Personally, that wasn't like a problem for me. Right. And I think it was my first playthrough on Wind Waker. I was just like, damn, I'm on the water so much. I just want to go in and kill things. And like <laughs> yeah. My second playthrough was just like, you know what? This wasn't that bad. Got got some good music in the background. Got mm-hmm. like I could go fuck around with um kill like kill those enemies in the water, kill octopuses and stuff like that. So like yeah, I, I really enjoyed it the 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 longer I played it. But like with that whole fast travel thing with Assassin's Creed Black Flag, that's exactly how I am when I play Red Dead Two. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption Two, like when you're Arthur and then you you have the ability to fast travel, you could get that ability. But it's just like, nah, I'll ride my horse all around the map. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's it is a good, satisfying, and comfortable way to travel. Why would you mm-hmm. not? You know. Right. Like, I think I have more. Beautiful. Right. And I think I have more of a connection to like riding the horse because I I used to take um, horse lessons with Haley. So like oh, nice. I used to like learn how to ride a horse. I learned how to like trot and and lope and mm-hmm. it's like basically like sit sit a lope and everything like that so that was fun so every time like i i'm on red dead it's like damn i really just like go ride this horse right now that's awesome <laughs> yeah you have like a, a personal right. connection to that feeling that's cool right and they're like oh and then i showed my little brother actually that game yesterday and he's like yeah i like it but it's boring i was like how's it boring he's like you have to ride your horse everywhere so it's like so yeah you get to ride your horse everywhere that's, that's exactly. what it is man I was like, whoa there, partner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, boy. So easy, boy, easy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we covered the video game aspect. So can we just, like, take a moment to appreciate, like, how many bangers there are for anime openings? Oh, dude, I I love a good anime opening. I think there's... I mean, first off, a, an incredible amount. And I think, uh, like, recently, they've been going really hard on on making, like, epic anime openings. Like, I think, uh, I think Attack on Titan has done a phenomenal job with branching into a different direction with that. Right. Like, uh, they're, again, like, that, like, epic orchestral, like and metal right like you like get like approach the, to it like you ah. have like that like gospel like sounding sort of thing and then you just have like the freaking like the metal in the background which is like wait that's not supposed to work but it does <laughs> it fucking slaps like they they did such a good job and like from from the get-go like from season one their intros have always been solid but uh but yeah dude anime anime intros have been like an art form Right. You know, I was actually kind of disappointed with um, Demon Slayer's second season intro. Oh, yeah. I got to say, I, I just loved the the first season's intro so much. Like, I, I wish they would have kept it. They should have just kept yeah. it. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. And yeah, like it, it was one of those ones like, I don't know, they it would be hard for them to top the season one intro for me. Right. Uh, that season one intro is just like so iconic. And it's, oh, it's done so well. And it it sounds like Demon of, Slayer. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. And then I think, honestly, I don't think there was, throughout the whole run of Naruto, I don't think there was one that, like, missed. Yeah, yeah. All of the Naruto intros were phenomenal. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Bleach, 
but they had crazy intros and their their like music style was like all over the place. There was one that was like it had like Spanish flamenco guitar. Like it was <laughs> it was awesome. Uh so I like I I I love it. And uh, one of the more recent ones that I actually really enjoyed was uh Fire Force. Their their intro was just epic. It was so cool. It was a banger. See, I'm actually gonna look that one up right now. You piqued my curiosity. Oh yeah, check it out. You, it was on uh, Fire Force. Yeah. Let's see, see, I'm me and Haley are barely starting our anime journey, but like we're we're getting there. You're getting there. It's it's a ton to catch up on. Like. <sighs> Like the uh, the anime recommendations list that uh, that we made for you guys is like I don't know if you put that into a word document that'd be what like two full pages most likely <laughs> <laughs> like it is epic it is and honestly like honestly I'm here for all of it I don't think there's been I think the only one that I haven't got like sucked in whenever I watched it was probably Tokyo Ghoul. Yeah, yeah, that one, uh, that was a very particular one. I had to try to get into Tokyo Ghoul, I think, like, three times. Okay. Uh, but but I will say it's, uh, it's, it's a slow burn that catches you in the middle. Okay, so it's like, it would be worth it to actually, like, just suck it up and just watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, the first, the first big chunk is this it kind of starts off like a slice of life like you know you you've obviously got this like craziness going on in the background um, right with like the ghouls and like you know that crazy stuff is happening um but like meanwhile you're following uh what's that kaneki the main character right. and yep. uh and like he works in a cafe and you're like oh okay it's kind of cute and they're like doing their thing um but it it does pick up it and right. fast right one that um one that i watched that actually corbin told me to watch um recently was um re0 um oh. that one oh my god that one messed me up like yep. that one like i think i stopped watching anime for probably a week after that just because i was like holy shit like there was just so much stuff going on with that yeah it, it tugged on my heartstrings i'm not gonna lie it tugged on my heartstrings yeah that one i I have always been a proponent of like, you know, whenever whenever you're watching an anime, like if it's coming out on a weekly basis, I don't stress it that much. Like it's not that right. big a deal. Um, so like you know, Attack on Titan, I'm watching that in like bunches. Like I watched right. you know the first episode of the new season when it came out, and now I'm just letting them stack up so I can binge it. Right. And uh, but like ReZero, I I watched as it came out and and like I'm just chomping at the bit to, to just get more. It's it's honestly, great. Honestly, I think um I think it only took Haley and I with the director's cut even. We watched the director's cut. Mm -hmm. I think it only took us like probably three or four days to finish like the whole thing. Oh yeah. Like, it was it was just that good. Like I was just like Every time we had a, a second from the baby, it's like, you want to watch uh, ReZero? <laughs> <laughs> it's time. It's time. I got to know what happens with Subaru. I got to know what happens with Ram. I, I got to know what happens with, like, Amelia. Eh, give or take. But, like, you know. like. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, like, has that story. Like, I just feel like with anime, like, especially since it's animated, 
Like mm-hmm. they could just do so much with it. And like the storylines yeah. are so so complex that every little meeting, every little conversation comes mm-hmm. back full circle. And I feel like that's what we don't get in like American media anymore. Well, I think I think that's one of the things that like uh I've always tried to like push when like introducing people to anime uh is like, you know, first off, it's anime is not a genre it's it is a style like it's it is it is an entire like media by itself and within that you can have any genre like there's you you can have any different kind of genre that you would expect out of any other form of media Mm -hmm. um so like you're going to cover a lot of bases any kind of story that you want to see told anime is going to have that too Mm -hmm. um and then and I, i i don't know i just feel like inherently because of the amount of work that has to go into making a single episode, like the care and attention that goes into like drawing every scene, like they they apply that to writing these stories as well. And like that's that's something that I've like I've recently been going on like the deep dive reading manga and right. uh, and like so like I'm I'm just like seeing all of the source material for all of these anime that I've seen before and. Uh, and like, man, just the love and care that gets put into the the stories that that get told is right. just phenomenal. Right. So like, it's it's beautiful. Like, you, you know, it's it's not just some like, yeah, throwaway TV show. Like, right. They're they're trying oh, to tell a story. Let's go ahead and just have a laugh track after every joke that doesn't land, so it makes it look <laughs> like it's funny. <laughs> yeah, you ever watch uh, what is it? Uh, like the Big Bang Theory when they take the laugh track out yeah <laughs> it's, it's rough have you ever seen the seen friends when they take out the laugh track yeah that's <laughs> yeah. even worse <laughs> it's real bad that's rough but and and to expand on the on that whole um thing that you said about anime like like you said like it's its own media because you could get something like 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 re-zero and that's going to be something that's going to be like kind of fantasy that's going to be kind of like something that's going to be like sci-fi related and then you get something like the ways of a house husband that's going to be all yeah. focused on comedy like it's all comedic like it's just all there just have a good time mm-hmm. and if you want something like like a suspense or something like that then you go to the promised neverland yeah and then if you want something that oh i'm, I'm in a mood for like a romance psh, throw on your name like that's yeah. like one of the best like oh my romance God. films ever so like <laughs> yeah they like you cover all of the bases and and uh one of the things that i think again like it it comes down to like a the care and attention and b like because anime is what it is they can they can like redefine the expectations of a genre right um, so like right. you can you can have these like anime that start off like real cute and fun and like that's that's one of the things that i enjoy about like tokyo ghoul is like it starts off you know you get these implications of something deeper but like you get a good stretch that's just a slice of life Right. And and then, you know, before you know it, it gets crazy. And right. <laughs> like I uh I recently got sucked into one, uh again thanks to Corbin, uh called Made in Abyss that we were telling you about. Right. And uh, and like the animation style on that one is adorable. Right. Um everything is very rounded. All of the characters look very cute. The landscape's gorgeous. And like the 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 soundtrack to that show um is actually another one that's just great right um 
but but that's one that goes from like cute to real not cute <laughs> right like <laughs> and it it, it it can do that because right. it's it's just just because we animate it this way does not mean that that's going to be the entire theme of the show exactly and that's exactly like kind of what you get with uh, my hero academia too yeah like with my hero academia like okay like it's a superhero genre so all right cool like what are they going to do with that and then like okay it as a like based off the marvel movies and based off everything that we've seen here it's just like okay like they're probably just gonna like have like a introduction to all these heroes they are gonna end up becoming badasses and then just like end up like saving the day all the time mm-hmm. psych, <laughs> psych. <laughs> like it starts off really cute with like this underdog story and like it's like following the underdog story but then every action has consequences and like yeah. there's actually like legit like if they make a decision or if they like if they break an arm or they breaks like a body part or anything like that then you could see like the scars and the animation like later down the road and you could like see like and you could see them like grow from from where they were to like now because of their experience and everything like that instead of just like oh yeah i'm a superhero i got blessed with all these powers like, i'm just gonna fuck shit up and nothing yeah. else is gonna happen and like the villains actually kill people too so like it's like holy shit like <laughs> yeah it like i actually i i love my hero academia for like exactly that reason and, and like midoriya is one of my favorite uh main characters just because like a he has got to earn like the powers that that he's that he's inherited and uh and mistakes count Mm -hmm. mistakes count like you like that's that's part of the whole thing is like he he abused his powers for for a hot minute and you will see those scars for the rest Mm -hmm. of the anime yep like they do not go away yep and the whole thing, and I really like, um, I really like the backstory with um, Todoroki too. Oh uh, yeah, like with his dad and with his mom, like the whole like family drama, and like I like how they don't shy away from that shit. Like yeah. they just go like in depth and like show why he's like an introvert, like why he's like has this animosity towards his dad, and like trying mm-hmm. to like do like trying to re- reconcile and everything like that. Like I just feel like in that show like every relationship matters and like you said it's just like every action has a reaction and you can fucking see that from start to finish yeah i i appreciate any story that has like very very few i don't know like what you would call like throwaway characters right like characters that just like yeah they're just there you know what's the story doesn't really matter (laughs) <laughs> right. like, you know that's that's one of the cool things about you know my hero academia is they they have a huge cast mm-hmm. of of characters but each and every one of them you get context like mm-hmm. you you get to kind of understand like why why does this person actually want to be a hero like why right. what's driving them you know anywhere from like you know i want to be the greatest hero that ever was down to like hey i need to make money because Mm -hmm. i i come from a poor family and like this is the oh i was blessed with a gift and i've got to use it to keep my family going like exactly great exactly oh man you're gonna make me want to watch that again (laughs) (laughs) i already watched it like all 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 of them probably like three times already (laughs) yeah yeah um man anime is just so good i could just even like the Studio Ghibli is like I don't think there's any Studio Ghibli movie that I haven't liked. No, I I love all of the Studio Ghibli movies so much. That was one of my like introductions into anime. Um, 
I think there was probably I would credit like three four uh four animes that like brought me into the entire uh like world of anime right and uh and there was like uh Hayao Miyazaki Studio Ghibli uh Princess Mononoke which mm. bloom changed my world as a child yeah. like I was not prepared for how epic that was right and like that was another one that did not shy away from from like what it was right um, i mean like, like a dude gets his head freaking shot off with an arrow like <laughs> yeah like you and and you see like it, it was one of the first things that was like storytelling to like make a point because it's it's very much like about the like disharmony between like you know people and their civilization and the natural world and right. the way that like things are supposed to be like the natural way and order to it and and like the consequences of people meddling with that right and uh, and so like seeing that as a child was like wildly influential right. Um, but uh, but then as far as like just like good old anime, like uh, I think I think the one that I was obsessed with was Inuyasha. <laughs> mm. I don't know I don't know if you've seen that one, but I've that is I know about it. That though. is good old anime. <laughs> that that was one of the first ones where I experienced the frustration of can you two just fucking kiss please for the love of God. <laughs> Because I, I, I don't know, I think it's, like, four seasons and two movies before, like, the two main characters kiss or something. Like, it's it's uh, ridiculous. And they're probably just, like, setting it up, too, for the whole time. It's like, oh, they're going to yeah. do it. Oh, no, they're not. Oh, they're going to do it. Oh, exactly. No, there's <laughs> always, like, every, you know, three or four episodes, there's a moment where they, like, get real close. And they have a moment. And then some asshole just comes in. <laughs> <laughs> just kiss already. Damn. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah and then i was uh introduced to uh cowboy bebop which mm-hmm. was another one that was like unlike any other like show that i'd seen before is right cause that one's like a collection of short stories that like builds up a bunch of characters and then the second half is like playing out this this epic thing that's been implied and like hinted at throughout the first half right and and it just becomes awesome it becomes right. crazy right me and Haley actually started that one and i love the atmosphere of it like i just love oh, like the, like it's just like like you said like even to this day i don't think i've seen anything remotely close to it yeah and that one that's another one that it like had the intro is a fucking banger i, yep. I <laughs> ever don't vibe to that like i right. physically cannot like just sit still and watch that intro. <laughs> it, it is such a vibe dude and it just sets it up perfectly for for what you're about to see right it's, it's really really cool right see i'm like compared to you i'm like basic like my first like intro to like anime was like um was like pokemon and Yu Gi Oh and <laughs> Hey, <laughs> I watched Yu-Gi-Oh! And Pokemon too. I mean, it's uh, I I don't know. Those, I actually played uh Yu-Gi-Oh! for Same. for a hot minute 
same i used to have like a deck and i i remember my prized possession at the time was like a like a platinum blue eyes white dragon nice <laughs> and then i don't even know what the fuck i did with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the shame is like i i guarantee i had a bunch of cards that like now are probably pretty valuable um i know like at one point i had i had a pokemon collection um that probably worth a lot of money now and <laughs> lord knows where it is right probably in a in a basement somewhere <laughs> yeah if that thing made it through the number of moves that i went through before like 15 <laughs> right someone has a binder that is worth like a couple thousand dollars at least right shit man and uh oh yeah and um i actually me and Haley didn't actually start getting into anime since probably like two or three years ago because mm-hmm. apparently like she said that she used to watch uh, Spirited Away when she was little. That by oh, Miyazaki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, she said that was like one of her favorite movies. And it was funny when she brought it up with her mom. And she's like, oh, yeah, do you remember like me watching this? And then her mom's like, no. I never seen, I've never seen you watch this before in my life. <laughs> oh. I was like, okay. <laughs> so then we watched, I watched that with her. I was like, all right, like this is different. Like mm-hmm. not, I don't mind it. But then the music, oh, my God god the music yeah. like in all those movies like they're just like so peaceful and like the so like thought out like the powerful moments just like hit that much harder like whenever like yeah. when she she like goes up to her parents whenever their pigs are ready and yeah. then she runs out and then her and um what's her name um haku mm-hmm. they eat the they have like that meal and she's just crying and then the background like you just hear like that that melody like it's just like just making that just so much powerful yeah the the, every specifically like miyazaki film but in general studio ghibli um yeah they they have done such a good job of making their like music choice poignant like it it doesn't just fit it doesn't just like match what's going mm-hmm. on it is it is supplementary and complementary like it the the scene would not be the same exactly the music. like even even like um what was it whisper of the heart when they did the country road song like oh I was yeah like, oh. i was like wait i know this song yep. <laughs> and it's just like damn this song really fits right now like with this movie like holy yeah. shit <laughs> they, they just do such a good job actually one of my one of my favorite ones, and like it's not even one of my favorite like Miyazaki films, but like just for the music in it, um, I I love Kiki's Delivery Service. Same. Um, the like that intro sequence when she's uh, she like is taken off, and she has uh, what is it Gigi her cat turn yeah. on her radio, and it kicks in with that like like. 60s 70s japanese pop right like it's it just fits that moment so perfectly and it it like sets that tone of like okay this is gonna be fun don't like don't worry we're going on like a fun adventure and that's like exactly what the rest of the movie is exactly and another one that um that i really did enjoy too was um porco rosso oh dude porco rosso I, I didn't expect I, to like that as much as I did. I didn't either. I was like, okay, like, all right, let's just throw it on. Like, we watch every other one, so might as well yep. throw it on. And then, like, for 
for probably like a month after I would always like every time I'll leave I'll be like sorry babe gotta fly <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's perfect man <laughs> but yeah like that just those movies and just like that genre in general like it's just amazing and yeah. and like it's it's crazy to think that without like have you ever have you ever had the thought like within like tv movies or anything like that that how different those scenes would be without any type of score or background music in the in the in the film oh yeah like that's that's one of the things that i don't know i think it's undervalued a lot is is the score to to tv movies like whatever you're watching a a lack of musical accompaniment is I, I don't know. It's just like unforgivable. You can't you can't do it unless it is, you know, the like uh, like I was saying with uh, like Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. unless you're doing it incredibly intentionally, right? Like unless you understand like oh there's no music. She's oh, <laughs> she's about to get real. <laughs> right. Like yeah, and that's that's one of those things. Like that can be so powerful. Like there, you know, there are movies where there is just no musical score throughout the entire thing. And it's jarring and it's supposed to be. Yep. But like it's it's doing it on like on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Like like just for example, like for example, imagine Star Wars without any music. Oh like, dude, no. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't have it. Um Honestly, and like I don't know, I've gotten into a lot of debates about it, but uh, Episode One, uh, The Phantom Menace, it's one mm-hmm. of my favorites, almost purely because of the fight scene with uh, Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul. Ooh, that was a really good fight scene. Because of that, that song, uh, it's called Duel of the Fates, and mm-hmm. it is epic as fuck. It is so cool, and right. it, <laughs> again, like it just sets that tone. Like it is, it's a fight that is dire. It is hard, right. and it is like critical that right. they win because right. it is like they're fucked otherwise. Exactly, and even like to that to that point to that same thing. That's what that's one of the main reasons why The Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies because like yeah. every time the Joker's on screen or every time like Batman like is fighting or like doing something. Like just mm-hmm. like the dark, like the dark undertones in that in those scenes, and even like with that one scene when, when like it's like a buildup when the Joker says that he needs to make his phone call, mm-hmm. and he's really insistent on making his phone call, and then it ends up like it just builds and builds and builds and builds until like everything like blows up, and then he's just like driving in the cop car down Gotham City. It's just like yeah, woo. <laughs> that that always blew me away. They did such a good job in that movie with using the music to put you on edge because mm-hmm. they uh i think it was i think it was like violins or something but they had that like very slow like upward climb yeah and so it just built this tension until it became like sharp right and then and then like when when that pays off it's it's like gut-wrenching like right it's, it's gnarly right and like that was probably the first time, like that. That was like the first time where I didn't see a superhero movie, like as a superhero movie, like with yeah. the Dark Knight. Like it was just like, like, cause it wasn't. It was basically a movie about the Joker and Batman was just like a side character. <laughs> yeah, 
That that was one of the things that I think uh, like that one in particular, and to a lesser extent, like the two movies on either side of it did a great job right. of doing was like making it real. Like right. it it was not crazy unrealistic. It wasn't right. like incredibly flashy. It was you know it was a Christopher Nolan film, so like it was right. you know there were explosions and it was like right. you know fun in that way. Right. Um, but like, like it fun. wasn't extravagant. Yeah, and like with that said, like it was a Christopher uh, Christopher Nolan film, and I love his his films and everything like that because he doesn't really necessarily use a lot of CGI, and all yeah. of his effects are practical effects. Like mm-hmm. that one shot in The Dark Knight when the whole semi truck just like toppled over, yeah. like it was just like holy shit, like no ounce of CGI at all, and like it just looks so much better like that. And yep. like to even think about something, doing something like that, it's just like holy shit, like. And to execute it to that like stature, that that actually blew my mind because like I, I got like super obsessed with the movie when it came out, Same. and like I, <laughs> I bought one of those books that was like the making of, and so I like read through the whole thing and I like like found out how they did that practical effect, and they like literally just decided to flip a full semi with a trailer over its front end, right, and, and then they did it. Like right, uh, blows my mind. Like yeah, and then like the whole that whole sequence of events, like before the, even the flip too, how like the Joker is just standing just like in the middle of the street shooting at other cars to get them out of the way, mm-hmm. and then just like telling Batman to hit him, and it's just like, dude, like you can tell like that's the fucking Joker, like he doesn't play yeah. around, and then like the whole sequence of Batman going in and out of the in and out of the semi, and then the, then you get that flip, and it's just like. Yeah, and then when Joker turns around, it's just like, oh man, that, that like you said, I was just obsessed with that movie as well. So yeah, that that one was phenomenal. And I actually, I was I was a huge uh, fan of Heath Ledger leading up to that movie, and right. that like, it's like terribly unfortunate that that was his last. Well, I think that was like his second to last film. Um, right. There was another one that he'd worked on alongside that, that I think it was like a, um, oh that was. Uh, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, which if right. you haven't seen, is a trip, and I highly recommend it. Um, but that one, they actually had to get uh, a, a couple stand-ins for for the ending of that movie because because he couldn't finish. Right. Um, but uh, but like man, his his performances were always top notch, and were. and his his role as the Joker. Uh, you know, for as amazing as the like original Joker was, I forget what his name was. Um, uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, yes, Jack Nicholson absolutely crushed it. Um, but the the guy like way back in that was a that was a dude that like had the mustache and refused to like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like all all the way back and up to uh, uh what's it, Jared Leto? Mm-hmm. Um. Like all all jokers taken into account, I Heath Ledger, I think, just absolutely killed it. He did such a good job of making I don't know, a character that like feels like they could actually do this and not right. just be a character. Like I love right. Jack Nicholson's Joker. I think he did a you know an amazing job, but he played the Joker. Right. Whereas like this this was a guy it was just I, like I wanted to know. Right how and why he got here exactly and like the way that like 
and oh man just like his whole performance is just like i'm gonna make this pencil disappear and then just freaking yeah. boom <laughs> it's crazy like it, he was a savage yeah like he like, had no fucks like no chill <laughs> yeah that was that was one of those things and then like i love that they like very intentionally like kept muddying the waters on like who he really was right. um because like you know there's there's all the like was he like ex-military was he just like a dude that went crazy like right you know what was it but he had this like charisma and this like mystery to him that right. that i think just it held it held so well and it's still uh you know a great performance and all, all respect to, to you know jared leto and, and where he tried to take the joker mm-hmm. um uh, it just can't top can't top heath ledger right and just like the opening sequence in that movie like how they like get like the whole backstory on the joker mm-hmm. on why he wears war paint and then like and you still don't know how he got those scars. Like you yep. still don't know because he tells like a, a three different renditions of how he got them. Yep. And it's just like that that adds that mis- that mystery and it adds that just like, damn, like how did he get those scars? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, that I whole love that. like, and then the whole like bank robbing sequence too, like how elaborate it was, like how many people that started off with the whole like robbing that bank, mm-hmm. and then having everyone kill each other at the end of the after their job was done yeah and and then he was actually in the heist too and then he ends up killing the last person this is like holy whoa like damn like this movie is going to be a trip from the start yeah that was that was a wonderful setup to the to the whole film just to like you you just immediately understand that like this is not a guy to be fucked with yep like you just you get that right off the bat right and i think the i think the person that could that kind of comes close was um joaquin phoenix when he did that oh yeah joker because that movie that was such a good movie like granted it was like a joker version of of um taxi driver but (laughs) it was but it was still a good film (laughs) no i i thought it was really good and like i think it was a a a solid film altogether Mm -hmm. uh more so because of how effectively it made me uncomfortable the whole way through right like the entire time you're watching this guy just kind of lose his mind like you're 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 you have the heebie-jeebies the whole time like right just know this dude is on the verge of snapping pretty much from the first scene like he's just off and and joaquin phoenix did a great job of of portraying that he did and especially at the end like like who rehearses killing themselves like on on like yeah TV? like and then and then like you think it's gonna like you kind of think that he's gonna kill himself and then he ends up shooting de niro it's just like oh whoa i did yeah. not expect that holy shit <laughs> like, that, that was such a crazy payoff in that in that film where like you you like see the joker gain a following right and it's it's like this this story of like where where did all of his people come from and it's like he he like represented something to a lot of people and and just ran with it right oh man yeah that was that was that was a good movie that was a great movie yeah that one tripped me up and if you 
can. I don't know if you have already, but Spider-Man Far From Home. Great. Film. Oh, dude, I have to. Great film. Like that. I, one. Haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm dying to. Dude, that was like, all I would say is it's everything a Spider-Man movie should be and everything like a Spider-Man movie should be going forward. Like oh. it has like, like it has like everything you want in a Spider-Man film mm-hmm. and they execute it so well. And the payoff is so worth it. And it has like just the right amount of fan service. But then it has like, I would say this is like the actual like origin of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like Really? Yes. That's awesome. Like once you see it, bro, like you're probably just going to, you're probably going to like want to see it multiple times. Like it I'm, was that I'm good. probably not going to shut up about it. <laughs> I mean, we could we could bother Corbin and talk about it all the time. Like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely about it. Yeah, I I've been a huge fan of of like where they've been taking Spider Man lately. Right. And honestly, Into the Spider Verse is like it it took the spot for like my favorite uh like superhero film. Right. Because in, just... in, in the Spider Verse, that was such a good movie, and it was like. It was refreshing because it was like a take on Miles Morales being a Spider-Man instead of like yeah. you get the regular Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And I like how they really inc- – I mean, this movie has been out for like since 2018. So if you guys don't know this movie, I don't care about spoilers. So <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't watched it, shame on you. You should go check it out. It's incredible. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I like how they like brought other Spider-Men from like other universes and like having them all work together and – like Peter Parker is always going to be Peter Parker and try to do the what he does, and then yeah. you see Miles Morales become like this Spider-Man. Yeah, it's it's this like I don't know, it's like the classic coming of age thing where he's mm-hmm. like this, he's kind of a punk when he starts off, you know, and then and then he like grows into you know somebody who's worthy, and that's that is like the Spider-Man tale, like that's right. They like did it really well. And and like just the animation style, the soundtrack, the soundtrack, the soundtrack um, was amazing, especially Post Malone and Sway Lee with the with that the dude, uh, what was it called Sunflower? Yeah, Sunflower man, like ah, it it was just phenomenal. They did such a great job, and right. uh, and I don't know, I love the way that it like was still able to get heavy. Like mm-hmm. there were still some points where it was like. You know, you're you're talking to uh, what is it, Peter B. Parker, the mm-hmm. uh, the one that like, you know, the the Peter Parker from another uh, universe, obviously. Right. Um, <laughs> and and he like talks about how like he messed up with Mary Jane and his yep. entire life like fell apart and like you, you right. touch on like this this idea of like you know heroes are still 100% people and right. like it it. You know, you, you like you kind of like get a feel for like this this Spider-Man that's going through depression and still trying to be Spider-Man. Right. Like it's right. You know, and then meanwhile, you still have the like uh, what is it? the the Nicolas Cage. Uh, <laughs> what is that? Right. Spider-Man noir. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and then uh, John Mulaney as Spider-Pig. Uh, yeah, Spider-Pig. <laughs> that was hilarious. Like. Just the the way that the the you know the the movie is able to just like bounce between all of these things and still right. just be cohesive and good, right? Was, and then like I like, 
Right. And I like how how like in every one of those Spider-Men that we that we see, like with with Spider-Pig, um, the Spider-Man Noir and like even Spider-Gwen, like you you go through all their like their traumatic experience and like what set them to be Spider-Man or like Spider-Woman. So like it's really like like you said, it's really not shining away from the drama and like to get heavy and like even like the emotional moment when when his uncle Aaron died, like his mm-hmm. uncle Aaron was his ben like his uncle ben and like was yeah. spider gwen's peter and then just like it's just it's just a film that knows what it is and mm-hmm. did everything it everything right yeah that was that yeah. was something that i liked was like the that like open acknowledgement of like there's always a thing you cannot be spider-man until you've gone through this right like, for me, it was it for for Gwen. It was Peter Parker, mm-hmm. and then like him. yeah, like you you go through all of these things and and like you know it's it's that like that open acknowledgement of like yeah it's it's a trope, but like this is what makes Spider Man, right? And the one thing that I really do like just Spider Man in general is is just like the ultimate like. It could have been anybody. Like anybody could have been Spider Man. Anybody could have like got bit by a spider. Anyone yeah. could have like been able to do that. And like for for it to be like the people that are like they're just making the most of it. Like granted, it's fucking hard as shit. But like they yeah. they just like nut up and they just do what they have to do. So that's probably like one of the main things that I love about Spider Man. Yeah, I love that. Like that exact point is one of the things that I love most about uh, Stanley. Mm-hmm. Like his his whole thing of like. It's not, it's not the person. It's, mm. it's just the ability to like stand up and do what's right when when the time comes. Exactly. And anybody can do that. And it like I don't know that dude worked his ass off mm. to to make just a generation of people that believe they could be a hero. You know. Right. Right. Oh man, I still remember when the first Avengers came out. Oh, I remember watching that in theaters. That was so good. <laughs> oh, dude. I I'm still like blown away by what uh, what the MCU turned into. Right, because it was like, it started off with Iron Man, Iron Man and the Hulk. Like, who knew? Yeah, like just blows my mind. the The fact that it was it was what like 15 years or something like that between the first Iron Man movie and then uh, Endgame. Right. So it was 15 yeah. years in the making just for the Infinity Saga. Yeah. Why? It's so crazy. I can't like the the build up and the and the amount of effort put into into setting all that up just like right blows me away. It's crazy. Right. I love it. I do too. And honestly, like I was I was kind of sad when Endgame came out. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. have like all these heroes that I like grew up with like since like middle school and high school. It's just like damn, yeah. like. Now it's coming to an end. Holy shit! Now we're gonna have like new heroes. I don't like the new heroes. <laughs> I want the old ones. <laughs> I uh, I actually I I honestly had to like take a break from it for for a bit. Um, like I, I you know I know that that Marvel kept going. They're they're yeah. in what is it phase two now? Um, yeah. And uh, and like I I want to see where it goes. Um, but I, I did totally like step away for, for a hot minute. Um, I actually (laughs) just, just the other day was like, all right, okay, let's do this. 
and and I watched uh, Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. That was actually a good movie. That was great. That was a really fun ride the whole way through. I thought that one was really cool. I actually, um, me and Haley watched that. I was just like, you know, I'll, I'll watch Shang Chi. Like, I was, I was exactly like you. Like, I took a break from the whole Marvel because I was like, you know what? <sighs> Captain America's gone. Mm-hmm. Iron Man's gone. Thor's out doing his own thing. Like, I don't know what's going on with the Hulk. Like, mm-hmm. there's, I just need to, I just need to take a minute, <laughs> just recollect yeah. everything. And like you said, like I just went to watch Shang Chi, and I actually watched it with Haley, and Haley could take or leave it for Marvel movies. She's like. Which is fair. Like I know all of them aren't great. Like, mm-hmm. like so Marvel, you get you get what you get from Marvel. But right. the whole like lore and the whole like storytelling with Shang Chi and the Ten Rings, like it was it was good. And you know you're gonna get heavy CGI with those movies, so like you know that yeah. going in. So like even that, even then, like it was it was like visually uh, appeasing. Like it was like a beautiful movie. And yeah, I my only my only qualm with it, which like Haley kind of brought it up too, like was I wish they would have dove a little more into like the lore of like the Ten Rings and like of like the that whole like backstory and everything like that background from it. Yeah, and and I agree. Um, and I I don't know. I'm I'm gonna hold my breath for that one. I, uh, that's one that I think, you know, they've, they laid that out. And I also have, I've, you know, I live on the internet, so I've seen like a ton of little tidbits of things that I shouldn't. Um, right. But, uh, but there's like theories tossed around about like, you know, there's 10 rings and then, you know, I, I have no, like no details about it, but, uh, in Eternals, um, there's like 10 of them. Right. And like, I don't know if that if there's any sort of connection or anything like that, but uh, but I wouldn't put it past him, especially if uh, Shang-Chi is like still going to be a, a persistent character um, right. that, you know, they'll they'll kind of expand on that a little bit. Right. Um, but I will say I loved the choreography of, mm-hmm. of the fight scenes that they did yes. in that one. That was that was just a blast watching watching those fights especially the one that was on that on the bus like oh the, dude the bus fight was crazy it was i like the whole time i was like oh shit this is dope and then like and then i told Ailey, it was like the way that they did that fight scene was really creative and then like she's like what do you mean it was creative the way that the fight scene was like it wasn't generic it wasn't it was it uh it it felt like i don't know like that's that's one of the things that that like the marvel movies don't really have is is a like actual like representation of of martial arts there's a lot of like you know good fight scenes right but but there's this like you know space that shang chi fills that that is like traditional martial arts applied modern day which is like exactly. one of my favorite things. Like I, I love, uh, you know, Jack Chan, Jet Li. Uh, I love the uh, Ip Man series. Like right. good choreographed martial arts fights are so satisfying to watch. And like that's one right. of the things that I love the most about Shang Chi. Like they did, right. they did a great job. They, they really did. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like there's nothing else that's better than having like a good martial arts choreography scene. Mm-hmm. It's just like instant payoff like you're just like oh yeah i could watch that again 
Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> every every move is so satisfying, especially when you do have that like the that like very Jackie Chan esque like using the environment every step of the fight. Right. Where like you know that bus scene, he's like going in between these bars and and like using the way that the bus is like moving and flexing to like change the way that the fight works so that it's in his favor. Right. And uh and like, you know, eventually it's actually a small detail. Um, but there's a, a shot where there's like a side view and you can see that like he takes one of the bars that had been like cut through mm-hmm. and, and he just like snaps it off. And you see him like go from using it like a bow staff and he's like hitting these dudes and it's that point where like he's getting ready to like split the bus. Right. And, like you see dudes start like flying out the windows and it's a lot of fun. Um, right. But you know, then he gets to the guy that's got the fucking laser machete for an arm. And right. uh and like as the dude's cutting the bar, you see him like go from using it like a bow staff to using it like a short staff, then it gets split in half, and then he's using it like two batons. Right. And until like finally he has him like pushed back onto right. the onto the like bridge. And it's it's just great. It's awesome. Yeah. It was a really satisfying fight to watch. I completely agree with that. <laughs> see see, when other people don't watch the movies, they don't pay that much details to it. They're just like, Oh, that was a cool fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I grew up on martial arts movies. Right. And so we're we're pushing uh to an hour right now. So we could go ahead and we could end it here. If you want to keep on chatting, we can keep on chatting. It's up to you. Uh, well, I mean, I'm down to I'm down to keep chatting. Uh, uh, you know, do we have more topics to touch on? Do we want to keep like free flowing? So or, usually, uh, usually we just like free flow. But like, if you want to like, if there's anything that you want to bring up, anything that you want to talk about, then by all means, then it's just like it's just back and forth, bro. That's fair. Yeah, we kind of just been. Oh, you know, chilling and vibing for now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Insert podcast tone. <laughs> there's the intro. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we touched on on pretty much everything that was that was solid. We hit music. We hit anime, games, movies. We did. So, so with that, what's like. So I know I know I asked you like earlier about like the what you grew up on and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, what what type of music or like album or artist right now are you like stuck on? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a big question. Um, so I haven't been like recently keeping up on a lot of like what's happening right now for music, mm-hmm. um, which. Uh, like it's a shame because like I know that there's a ton going on and like right. I I you know through like social media and just kind of like being around I have a good idea of like what's happening and some good artists um, but but I've still just kind of been obsessed with uh, uh, like MF Doom I that uh, I, I actually mourned hard when uh, when he passed but uh, right. but like he's uh up there for me he's he's one of the greats in, in my eyes as far as you know uh rappers and hip-hop artists go like he's it just an absolute wordsmith like right uh that guy uh 
like actually uses uh, tools for writing that like Shakespeare used. Oh shit! Like that guy, like no shit, raps in iambic pentameter, which is a a way of uh, like rhyming. Uh, what is it like every other word or every other last word in a line and and then like bringing it together at the end of your like paragraph so to speak right um, at the end of your bar um and so like if you like pay attention to the way that he like sets up his rhyme scheme like he he does like layer it where he'll like oh shit he'll like say something and then say something else and then the next line that he has will rhyme with the first line and like he will continually call back to like rhyme schemes that he sets up earlier in the song. Oh shit. Um, and and does it like really really well. Um damn. So like yeah, he's he's fantastic. And obviously like I you know I listen to like Kendrick Lamar is who is right. again just an absolute wordsmith like the dude oh, is yeah. the dude is top tier. Right. I'm actually kind of salty at him. He hasn't dropped anything in. <laughs> right. Damn, but, I'm still but yeah. listening to Damn, man. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but honestly, like I, I haven't even heard of MF Doom. Like I'm, I'm actually um, on his Spotify page right now, and I'm after we get off this podcast and probably later on, I'm gonna check him out. I, I highly recommend checking him out. Because I really love like how you said that like with that rhyme scheme, like mm-hmm. having like having like all that like come back, like even on a separate verse or a separate bar, like they have like reference to the first verse is like holy, oh damn, you had yeah. me at that. <laughs> yeah, that dude. I I have a lot of respect. Like I have respect for people that like make good music, obviously. Right. Um, right. I mean, but then yeah, there's fair. just like an extra level. That, that some people take it to that just like blow me away and that's like that's right. the thing about like mf doom that's the thing about kendrick lamar um there's another another artist um that uh that i i love um who again unfortunately like passed away and you know the, the tragedy of of some very great artists um right. but uh but there's a a hip-hop artist group um named idea and abilities and uh, the uh, the the rapper's name is Idea E Y E D E A, and then his DJ is DJ Abilities, and uh, and a the uh, the music to it is phenomenal. Like DJ Abilities is an old school DJ. Like mm. the dude like scratches and mixes on the fly. And oh. and does really really good work, um, right? But then idea was a like a god of rap battles, right? Like that dude would just show up unprepared and destroy people, Damn. Um, and and like he was just incredibly creative, incredibly fast, um, right? But like the reason that I loved him is the dude is eloquent, and mm. and he was I discovered him too late unfortunately like right um but uh but i discovered him like after having heard like kanye west graduation and like getting right. getting like introspective hip-hop into my world and right. uh and he's you know the idea has these like tracks that are deeply introspective and so like you you get some some points where like this dude is talking about 
like depression that he's going through and like right. you know the dude discusses addiction and like the nature of like just dealing with being a person right and, and like he the dude just puts together such good music right and damn like i'm you sold them. <laughs> you, you definitely <laughs> sold them. Like, I, like every time you're listening to, or you're telling me that, the whole time I was like, okay, I'm looking them up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These songs, like, even like the names of these songs, like Chemical Burns, mm-hmm. Perfect Medicine, Rock Stars Don't Apologize. Like, that even sounds like something that's not just going to be like your everyday freaking like flow and stuff like that. Yeah. And and honestly, like, I kind, I think we kind of like me and me and my little brother kind of touched base on it a bit that. Like, unfortunately, it is really popular in the music industry that these artists, like, get addicted to something or, like, to that, that unfortunately, ultimately ends up into an untimely death or, like, a Mm -hmm. really young death and, like, seeing, like, all this potential just go out the drain because of unfortunate circumstances. And and it's always to the ones that are, like, the most talented, too. Like, not saying that the other artists aren't, but, like, it just sucks, like, to see, like, to see, like, an artist have the having gone so young like you get like the mac millers you get like the yeah like one of corbin's favorite artists is little peep and he he passed away too and then like mm-hmm. like like you said with um uh idea was the one who passed away right like yeah and and it's just it just sucks because it seems like it's like this never-ending cycle within the industry because like i think it it chalks down to like you get you get like something like a hit or like you you produce something that's going to be like really critically acclaimed mm-hmm. and then people are always doubting you from that point on if you're ever going to top it or if you or if you fell off or if you like or if you branch out to do other things and it's just like well he can never top what he did before he, there's no way that they could do what they previously did and yeah. that's just like a lot of pressure on like people in the industry and i i get why they resort to like drugs and alcohol and like cuz that's probably the only way that they could feel quote unquote normal well yeah and it's like i don't know it's unfortunate how like inherent that culture is to like fame um and and it's just it's just tragic because i don't know there seems to be this tie between great art and great struggle right and and so like these artists are coming from a place where like they're already going through something they're already right. struggling with depression or addiction or right. you know trauma like they're dealing with something and they're using their art to like vent vent to put their feelings out there and and you end up with this amazing music or paint you get art from from these people just trying to like deal with with their shit and uh and you know it's it's just tragic when you see that like you know somebody that is you know just truly a great artist they they make good art um and then they just get thrust into fame and get surrounded by a culture of just nothing's fine take this you know party hard you'll be fine right and and it doesn't get dealt with Right. And then the whole thing on that on that culture, too, like we in America, like we have like this celebrity, like this fascination with celebrities Mm -hmm. and like we like see them as like these icons and like these just like 
godly humans because like if you're famous yeah. and everyone's like you have no privacy when you're famous like yeah when mac miller blew up everyone's just like oh shit like mac miller what's he doing like what is he is he gonna do this that and the other and then like you know how like me personally if i didn't have that much space or if i didn't have that much privacy then i would drive myself insane too like i would like try to oh dude do everything i can just to like not be in the spotlight so like yeah just the just the culture around everything is just kind of like makes it hard for these artists to actually like flourish in their surroundings like that's why i think i have a lot of respect for j cole because like he's he's like a a-list a-list um, hip-hop artist now mm-hmm. but he doesn't act like it like he yeah. he's never you never see him in hollywood like he'd probably do like events in new york or stuff like that but he doesn't really do media he doesn't really like go out and like promote his stuff or anything like that he just like puts his work out and then he goes on tour like that's it <laughs> yeah so like I respect any artist that's able to just like set those boundaries mm-hmm. like that doesn't get carried away, you know, because it's I, I understand it. It has got to be as easy as falling asleep to just get dragged into like being famous. Right. That that has got to be because it's like that's that's the whole thing is like it's not it's not up to you to get into that culture. It's up to you to keep yourself out of it. Right. And so any artist that can like make those boundaries and establish that they don't want to be a part of that and like they can have their private life, like I, I applaud them. That's right. That is obviously a difficult thing to do. Right. And uh and if they can do that and still be able to put out the art that they want to, mm. props. Right. That's, that's incredible. Right. And that's like the um the same thing with Post Malone too. Like he actually mm-hmm. like lived in Hollywood for a minute and then he's like, nah, I'm actually gonna go live in Arizona. Like I'm just gonna live yeah. far from that. Like <laughs> uh, I I post Malone, I, I have resisted post Malone for a long time. Really? <laughs> I, I don't know. I looked at the guy I and and, and uh, all it's all me. It's not him at all. It was <laughs> I looked at him and I was like, Who is this gremlin? and uh and i just i didn't i didn't give him the chance that that obviously he deserves Um, right but uh but the dude is just a phenomenal artist and the more that i learn about him the more i love him the dude is just you know just a genuine dude yeah he's real he's down to earth he's a huge nerd Mm -hmm. like there i don't know i've i uh, upon first looking at him I didn't, I didn't, you know, give him, give him the credit that, uh, that he deserved. And, right. uh, now I'm like, dude, I would love to just like kick it. Right. Post Malone, <laughs> Post Malone would be a riot to hang out with. Like, honestly, I, I would love that. Honestly, that would be so fucking cool to like kick it with Post Malone. Just like, just like shoot the shit with him or like, yeah, I think I, I think I saw an interview with him, like a clip, like probably on TikTok and like, they're like, oh, what are you going to do? He's like, oh. Yeah, I'm just probably just gonna go home, play some Fortnite, and then have some like like twelve year olds wreck my shit. So yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah. I just I love it. I love I love when people can still just be themselves. You know that right. that like disregard for what's what's expected. Exactly. Like fuck you. I'm gonna go play Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I love that. That's the shit. So yeah, I, I go to the bar and I order a margarita. Sue me, like. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go home. I'm not like up doing doing cocaine until like six in the morning. Right. <laughs> I, I go out. I have a drink and then I'll go home, play some games, do my thing. You know, 
you know, if I'm if I'm feeling like I'm like a fruity drink too, like you know, I'll get a daiquiri or something too. Like yeah. it's my choice. Like <laughs> also on that note, fuck anybody that judges you for ordering the drink you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, like I'll be, I I don't give a fuck. Like I, like obviously I'm married, I have a kid, and I have no one to fucking impress. So like yeah. whenever I feel like I want something, like if I see a mudslide on the menu. Bet your ass I'm going to get me a mudslide. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Straight up. And that's like, that's my whole thing is like, you know, there's a lot of drinks that, that people just consider to be like, uh, you know, girly drinks, the frilly drinks. And yeah, like, first like, oh, off, that. <laughs> first <laughs> off, <good. laughs> they're delicious. Secondly, they're going to fuck you up. Exactly. Like most of those are like sneaky. Yeah. I remember, I, I think I got a trash can one time. And I didn't even know what the fuck it was. Like, I was just like, oh, what's this trash can? Like, I just saw, like, it had, like, something, like, juice that I wanted. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll drink that. Had two of those. Dude, I was gone. I was Dude, fucking gone. They, they <laughs> just, they mess you up. That's the whole thing. If it's got, like, triple sec in it, if it's got Midori in it, like, you're, it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how, like, sweet it tastes. Like, it's, it's right. going to wreck you. Right. You have a few of those and you're you're going to need help getting home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I feel like going hard tonight. What are you going to drink? Hennessy? Fireball? Nah. <laughs> nah. Strawberry daiquiri, dude. Strawberry daiquiri, bro. I'm going to get two of those and I'll be gone. Right. <laughs> and we're going to listen to all kinds of fucking Kendrick on the way home because I have no self-control. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking playing swimming pools at the top of the like almost blowing out the speakers. (laughs) (laughs) Just gonna absolutely throw it back to humble. (laughs) (laughs) Be at a red light, just staring at the other person in the eye, just like sit down, be humble. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorite like interactions to have is when you are just at you're in your car, you're doing your own thing. And, like, you know, you got your windows down. It's a nice day, you know? Mm-hmm. But you are just blasting your music. You are just vibing hard. Yep. And then you get to a stoplight, and you, like, look over to the person next to you. Absolutely. And it's just, yeah. like, <laughs> right, it's just this, like, 53-year-old guy who's, like, <laughs> judging you. And you're, like, come on, baby, vibe. Let's do this. <laughs> See, I, I do the same shit, especially, when, like, whenever I'm by myself, like, driving. But then mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm, like, that type of guy that, like, sings to fucking everything. Like, I, like, sing out loud. Like, you, you've heard me on Discord before. Like, I've oh, yeah. a song comes on. Like, I just, like, I don't give a fuck if I sound good or not. But, like, I'll be singing at the top of my lungs. And I'll be, like, looking over. And, like, people will just be, like, staring at me. Just... I, I, I don't <laughs> understand how people can, like, see that and just, like, eyeball you straight face. Exactly, and, and then like, like I just look them dead in the eye and just keep on singing, bro. <laughs> at the very least, like chuckle, right? Like, like give me, give me something, give me like, something. I'm, like, come on, like, you're not even having fun, dude. Like, what are you I'm doing? doing? This, this is sincere to me, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm having a blast a right now. Production. I had the lights going. I got everything going. <laughs> yeah. and you're not even gonna give me the time of day. I got a smoke machine in the back seat. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I got I got my hydraulics on my car's about everything. Come <laughs> <Yeah>. on, guys. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So I I gotta ask everyone this. So like, if you were to choose between two two legendary artists 
honestly, they're they're legends in their own right in the hip hop game. But would you rather listen or would you rather choose Biggie or Tupac? Ooh. West or East? That's that's harsh. Cause I have I have my personal opinion on it. So I, I just want to hear yours. Ah, that's a hard one. That's like that's the hip hop question. Yeah. Um shit, man. Uh I think probably Tupac. Um I I t I don't know. I love I love both of their entire collection of music. I think they're mm. both phenomenal artists and I think that they like set the stage for what hip hop is today. Right. Um but uh <laughs> shit, it it literally just comes down to like I think it just vibe with Tupac a little more. <laughs> That's it. I have no hard like this is why. And let me right. let me debate you on it. I literally <laughs> right. I think I just vibe a little bit more with Tupac. Like there, I I can't even argue it. <laughs> you know that's fair. See for me, for me like I'm kind of like in the same way with you, but like I think I kind of lean a little bit to- more towards Biggie. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning why is I feel like Biggie was more quality over quantity because he didn't nearly have as much as much albums that Tupac had. And not mm-hmm. saying that Tupac, Tupac's album were like bad or anything like that, but I feel like, I feel like Tupac really just took advantage of his, of his platform and everything like that to produce more music. And I right. felt like those songs, some most of those songs, they kind of sounded like similar to the other ones. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the Biggie album or like with the Biggie's dis- discography, was more like in tune and like more like, like um, handle with care sort of thing. And yeah. if it was more like like that's that's my that's my reasoning just like quality over quantity basically. No, I think, from I think that's totally fair. But I do it, like the West Coast vibe a little bit more. Like the West Coast vibe is like that's yeah. that shit fucking hits. Like but like yeah. East Coast like I feel like East Coast you get more of the like lyricism and you get like more of like the mellow beats and like the more like mellow with the like vocals more of an impact and then with mm-hmm. the West Coast you get more of that funk you get more of that that bop and yeah you know, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think they're both phenomenal artists and i do kind of agree with that like i think uh i think biggie definitely went for like laying down something real every time right and and uh and you know like there there are obviously some tupac tracks that just kind of like oh yeah it's tupac mm-hmm. um and you know it's it's the ones that like actually hit that that are like what he's really known for but right. uh but no i do totally agree i think i think uh i think biggie was was just an absolute quality artist like he right i don't know that <laughs> didn't miss <laughs> <laughs> no he didn't at all and dude like so i've been i've been stuck on like sad boy music for a while like i have no idea why Mm-hmm. But like I've been like, ever since Corbin like went through that shit, like, yeah. he made that Sad Boy pe- playlist, and I just been listening to it like almost like every day. Yeah. But recently, I've actually been like nonstop listening to Juice World. Like I don't know oh, why, yeah. but like, dude, like looking back on his albums and everything like that, like knowing what happened to him, like holy shit, that like it like puts it in a whole different perspective. Yeah, that that was another one that like. 
I I didn't like give him the credit that he deserved until mm-hmm. uh, until like it was almost too late, you know. Right. I like I like really discovered Juice World probably about three months before he passed. Oof. And and was like, oh my god, this guy's incredible. Like, right. This this dude is like putting like heart into his tracks. Right. And 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 then and then he was gone. Right. And you know you know um there I actually watched a documentary that was actually really good on um, HBO Max about Juice World. Oh really? And um, yeah, it, uh, I forgot what it's called, but like it's hard to miss Juice World. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> But um, there was a a producer in there. His name is um, I think you know him, Benny Blanco. Like he's been on, like he's oh like yeah, one of the top producers. Yeah, yeah. He said that he would lay a beat down for Juice, and then Juice would just like freestyle the whole thing, and then he'll and it'll be like a banger, and then he'll like oh, do dude. that like, and then he'll like do that for like probably like three or four times, and then he just told him like, yo, just go ahead and pick like which one that you want, whatever one that you like the best, and he and, like everyone was like off the top of the dome. He didn't really write it, and he just like like he had a gift where he could just freestyle and tell a whole story and like with the hook, chorus, verses, and everything like that. Damn. And if you ever seen like his like you should look up his freestyles. Like mm-hmm. there was one freestyle that he did for an hour. Like what? he was freestyling for an hour, and like there was just like multiple songs just like within those freestyles, just like straight off the top of the head. That is incredible. Yeah, that's again. With great struggle comes great art. Right. And I think that's what, like, really drives me, like, whenever I'm listening to music. It's just, like, if I could feel what you're putting on the song, mm-hmm. then it's going to make me, like, appreciate it more. Like, yeah. granted, like, every now and then, like, every every now and again, you have those guilty pleasure songs that just, like, don't well, mean shit. It's like... Yeah, everybody loves candy, <laughs> you know? Like, right. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with having just some candy. Like, it's... I love music made for fucking League of Legends. I think KDA right. is one of the one of my favorite pop groups of all time. Right. They're not even real. <laughs> right. <laughs> just the voice, just the voice actors, just like putting on songs. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, it is an actual collection of like pop artists. Right. And like it's it's great. Like actually, KDA has some phenomenal K-pop artists. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but KDA is not a real group. And and but right. I I love it. I, they put out bangers and like there's no depth to it really. There's, right. It's not like right. they're not speaking truth to anything. Right. But uh, but yeah, I I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I think uh, you know the people that that really can uh, you know get those feelings from real artists and those right. real artists that can produce music like that or any kind right. of medium. You know, whatever it is, if you can look at it, watch it, hear it, and 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 you feel something, whatever that is. Yep. That's like that's art. Just, and you could just tell straight away that like like people actually put heart into that their shit. Whether like you said, whether it be music, movies, TV, any form of entertainment or anything like that. Like like shit. Even with this podcast, like I I've been freaking on the hustle with it and everything like that. Yeah, like dude. Where it's at now, like <laughs> like it, I, it just shows like if you like put the time and effort in, people are gonna notice and people are gonna yeah. know that you're not just like calling it in, just like bullshitting and just like you know what I'm just gonna do this just to do it. Like that's when yeah, 
that's when it's just like, all right, eh, I'm not going to fuck with me no more sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the real question is like, you know, Hey, do you do it like you care? And then can you do it when it's hard? Right. Can, can you do it when, when you're, you're not feeling it and you can still right. like try, you know? Right. Like that's, that's the whole thing. Right. And I don't know. I don't know if you heard the um, that Post Malone episode that I did just by myself, uh, mm-hmm. probably two ones back. Like it was it was a, that was a hard one to record. Yeah, that was that was a hard one to record, like especially like I'm not going to get into it. But like with everything that happened the last couple couple weeks, like it was just like a rough time. But it actually like kind of put like it was like the perfect album to like really just like go in and just like evaluate and just like actually like listen to and everything like that. Yeah. And that's what and that's like probably one of the big things that I love about music is even though if you're feeling any type of way, if you put on a song that like, you know, is going to affect your mood, then it's going to affect your mood. Like it's going to like it's going to like put you in a certain mood that you want to be in. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's a perfect example. Like, you know. That was that was still a great episode. And Thanks. and like it was done obviously like in the midst of like you know both going through some stuff like having a lot of like you know chaos in in like our our kind of like circle and right. uh, and and then you had to do it alone too right and, and you you still managed to like put it out make it good make it nice and you know do it professionally like it that was you know you did it like you meant it right. And I, and I really appreciate that, man. Like, honestly, like, it, it, it's it been, it was kind of hard, like, fucking putting that <laughs> shit together. Especially, like you said, doing it by myself is just, like, yeah. fuck, I have no one to bounce off of. I just, like, that throwback to, like, the first episodes when I was nervous as fuck, like, huddled up next to the microphone, not knowing how to speak and shit, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was one of the harder things about, uh, like, when I was streaming was, like, yeah, it was, like, it was, it was basically doing this live by yourself and like the only ones that you can bounce off of are like the people in your chat so again right. like, you're just talking to as far as you're concerned just text messages coming in and you're verbally responding to them but other than right. that you're just like talking to your you are just screaming into the void you know right <laughs> and, and it's, it's a weird thing to like still uh like put heart into that you know right but uh but but if you can still do that then 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 you're you're set right and honestly like um i I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast man like this has been like this has been really really fun absolutely this is a blast like because i know i know we were talking about it for a while but then like you got busy i got busy but Mm -hmm. then like it's just like no we're doing this shit (laughs) we're we're doing it we're doing it today right now like if you if you would have like said no i won't be able to do it be like all right, <laughs> I'm just gonna blow you up every other day. <laughs> yeah. No, no, man, it is, it is absolutely my pleasure. And uh, you know, I would, I would be more than happy to come back. At, oh yeah. You know, at sure. any point, if you, uh, if you want to help breaking down an album or something, I would, I would absolutely love to, uh, to jump in on that. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, um, like I honestly, like I'm, I'm completely down for that. Like, if you're down for that, I'm fucking, I'm all about it. Absolutely, like, dude. Especially like. 
especially like i don't know if i i don't know if i want to do the top 500 albums anymore though like <laughs> yeah it's getting it's getting to that point where it's just like okay like the the ones that we did were good but mm-hmm. it's getting to the point where it's just like it's getting back to like the 40s and it's getting back to like some of like yeah. the pop and just like <sighs> i know I, I have to force myself to do it and probably find a couple of gems if not a lot of them but it's just like yeah. man it's just like tedious <laughs> it's it's sorting through a lot that's a that is a grand list to try yeah. and get through um yeah but uh i think i think having like you know all 500 is uh is probably a lot it's yeah. too much um yeah. i think but, I, I talked to uh, i talked to my little brother and it's like you know what how about we just like skip all the way to 50 <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think uh, I think if you can manage to pick out gems that you find along the way, right, you're you're set. Because like obviously, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter how the list was put together. It's right. not it's not objective. Right. First off, like there's there's right. no there's literally no such thing as like the 500 greatest albums right. of it's all just time. Like, it's just like well, this is what they think. <laughs> right. Based well, on it's uh, it's what Rolling Stones. Put, yeah. put that list together, um, yeah. which is great. Like they are like definitive on that stuff. Like they they do have like authority, sure. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know to to some kid in Milwaukee right now, there is an album that was put out by a, a French dude in the '80s that is the right. greatest album of all time, hands right. down, no question. Right. And and so like there's just you know there's it's picking out the things that like you think deserve to be to be discussed discussed you know the ones that the ones that you want to talk about it's like it's, this right. is your podcast exactly you know? it's mine like like this, I said this is like, your thing I think I like I said probably four or five episodes ago like this is my podcast I'm gonna fuck <laughs> you yeah. guys don't like it then I don't know what to tell you like if you don't like it. <laughs> Why are you listening? You're here. We just chilling and vibing. That's all we're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just here to hang out. We're here to vibe. All right, la- last what question. All right, yeah, this me. question just this question just popped up. So, what's your opinion on like musicals? Ooh, I'm I not, might I'm not, not be the right guy. <laughs> so like, no, 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 like this is like completely like a objective. Like, I just want your opinion. Like, I'm not talking about like Disney musicals. I'm not like just like straight up like like a movie that's like basically start to finish like music um i think that again personally entirely my opinion a truly good musical is very hard to find right i think that uh you know i think there are some that are considered like classics that Mm. i don't really understand um but uh, but like there there are some that just like absolutely should be up there, you know. Like there's right. uh, uh, like Phantom of the Opera is just epic. Like it's right. it's super cool, and I think that the music behind it is is fantastic. Um, you know the the Sound of Music I think uh, is is phenomenal, and right. the story i think has to be good enough right um right like, i don't it know it has to like carry like the it can't just be like random songs just here and there that doesn't pertain to the story like it has to be like through and through 
a right. good plot and like keep you engaged throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I completely get what you're saying. And and you know, as long as as long as each song isn't, I don't know. My thing my thing with musicals is I hate when when they stop what's going on to sing just to sing. Right. Uh, and and so like I don't know. That's that's my whole thing with uh, like Mamma Mia. Right. Um. Like there are there are a ton of scenes in in that movie or play whichever version you see it in um that could be just a spoken word conversation right or or like you could just get the point across from storytelling right Um, like there there there's some songs that are like the internal monologue of of the character um, right in musical form right Uh, but uh but as long as you know the music fits what's going on and and get, it contributes to the story right. you know right um so i'm like not a huge fan of musicals but right. i do think the ones that are up there deserve to be yeah, right uh, have you ever seen uh les mis les miserables i didn't like that one no not a fan mm-hmm. i <clears throat> i didn't like it um like i liked the story and i liked mm-hmm. everything like that but like i felt like the casting of the actual movie could have been a lot better like gotcha i felt like the like russell crowe singing come on like Anne hathaway has a great voice like she's mm-hmm. she's she has a good voice hugh jackman like you need to do a lot of like finessing with his voice like he he's not a bad singer but then like at the same time there are just sometimes it's just like it just didn't flow for me like it just wasn't like a good flowing like it felt like the pacing was off and it felt like it was like jumping from here and there, there and there. Like it was like all over the place for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, I don't know. That's, that is the thing about that movie is like, you you are either going to be fanatical about it or that's exactly how you're going to feel. Cause like, I mean, it is just absolutely all over the place and, uh, and they, they actually made that choice um, for like each or each actor playing right. the character. Um, they didn't mess with with their voices. Right. They like they kept them exactly as is. So right. like, I, so I get I get they're going for like the raw like the raw like emotions. Sort of yeah. Thing. Like, I, like, I get that, but then that's but then at the same time like my ears didn't really like it <laughs> yeah and that's 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 a hundred percent valid like that's the whole thing like i i didn't even i don't know i enjoyed uh hugh jackman's singing i enjoyed anne hathaway's singing hugh jackman's was much much more broadway like right it was very kind of jarring to have this like huge cinematic experience and like you know anne hathaway that sound like when she sings it sounds like movie slash music singing um, right and then hugh jackman comes through and and that's you immediately switch gears to like Broadway right over to, like, to broadway yeah, yeah. and uh, and then the, and then there's russell crowe which you know his his singing just comes across super real <laughs> like, right <laughs> like right. that is just that's just a guy like right he's, he's you know i don't i don't know if he's had like a ton like coaching, of, of think, formal right? coaching or anything like that. I know that Anne Hathaway has, and I know that uh, Hugh Jackman has. I know yeah. Hugh Jackman, like, I think he was on Broadway before he was in a movie. Yeah. Um, like, he was he was a stage actor way back, but um, 
but like they're all coming from these wildly different directions different backgrounds, yeah. and uh, and so it can it can make that movie come across pretty chaotic right so you know what? I'm, I'm gonna give it another watch and see and then i'll have that in in the perspective of like okay where are they trying to go with this because i stopped watching halfway yeah. through that's that's but, totally fair uh i i recommend watching it again um and uh, and also i don't know if if you knew this about it but uh they they didn't dub over any of the singing oh really um so none of that was like they acted it out and then they went into a studio and sang there they recorded it as they acted it for oh, everything wow. that happened so oh, like wow. all of the music that they're they're singing they're singing it as they're acting it which which oh, like okay. just doesn't happen in right. movies because um, right, usually like you just have like a lip sync like they just like lip sync yeah. it or like if they are singing then like you just like have like the the finished polished version over it <laughs> like yeah yeah like you oh yeah belt it do your thing so we're not recording your voice right <laughs> we're, just, we're gonna do that later and, and put it back on and you're gonna have to make sure that it matches up but right. uh, but like that was one of the things that like made me go oh okay that's i respect that because like okay. they they really did just have them perform it as is and recorded it there right see i yeah i'll definitely give that one a give that one a rewatch one that was actually that because I, I was like you i was like eh musicals or whatever like mm-hmm. hey, like disney has a couple good ones like like you said like i don't like it whenever they're just singing a song just to sing like it's just right. like oh like oh like it in high school musical <laughs> exactly like <laughs> like it's just like okay that's a fun song but like what does it have to do with the story like if it's right. if it's something to like further the story along like because in disney you always get like the i want song and you always get like a song mm-hmm. that's just like oh like this is a fun little song blah 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 but like that's one of the reasons why i kind of like encanto because it was like yeah. um like all the songs had meaning to it like it wasn't just like oh this song is just going to be like a throwaway song or the song is just going to be something just fun for kids but nope all the songs actually had a purpose and that's what kind of moved, moved that movie along yeah but one of the one of the musicals that i really did enjoy it was actually on disney plus and it dropped last year um it was a hamilton one. Oh, dude hamilton was such a fantastic musical it really was and that was like the like musical that made me just like oh shit like this is what musicals can be like yeah. there was rapping there was like there was like actual like heartfelt like singing and it was just like holy mm-hmm. shit like all about a dude that no one even knew <laughs> all about, yeah like, that was uh, I, I honestly i respect so much the the like angle that they came right. at that from um like i don't know like i I had like an interest and like I you know my dad was always like super interested he's he's very much like a a constitution buff you know Mm. um so like I grew up with this like understanding of of like who the founding fathers are and like I I knew who Alexander Hamilton was but like I I didn't get his story right you know and and I thought that was like a really interesting like topic to choose right. for your musical right and and they crushed it they absolutely yeah. killed it and and they told this amazing story mm-hmm. like this guy that that was just a force of nature like he made right. up his mind and and changed a nation like he, yeah. he just went hard like and, yep. and they did such a good job of telling that story 
they really did and like how they like um portrayed like everyone in there like washington like they like they touched on his story they t- they touched like on everyone who was like basically like influential with that too and mm-hmm. and honestly like again like i was like my dad was a really big history buff and everything like that so like you i knew who he was mm-hmm. but i didn't know like who he was like you know what i mean yeah like, just, like, i knew i knew about him but i didn't know him and like yeah. getting that getting that perspective and getting like the like the cheating scandal like and like getting like the like he was a founding father he found the founded the treasury he did like the american credit system like he was mm-hmm. like helping out like george washington's right hand man just like damn like he did a lot like and and he even yeah. like died like relatively young too like yeah all all that stuff that he did he ended up getting shot died and he still left that big of an impact on yeah. this nation so yeah. that was like the musical that like proxy me to like the musicals that i listen to now <laughs> yeah no I, I think especially if like if that's your if that's your like experience getting into musicals you have an appropriate bar set for yeah you for like <laughs> yeah. what you should consider a good musical they, right. they did such a good job there was actually one on netflix that was actually pretty good it was um called tick tick boom it, it's oh. with um andrew garfield oh I I've seen a lot of like previews for that and I've heard that it's great. That's uh, that's about the guy that wrote Rent, isn't it? Yeah, and it's um uh, it's about the the play that he wrote before Rent hit Broadway. Oh, like it was one that like one that obviously didn't make it a Broadway, but like it was mm-hmm. one like his like showing his like struggle and everything like that, and like every song in there like actually portrays the story too. So like wow. so and Andrew Garfield he has some vocals, bro. He could Dude, sing. Andrew Garfield's an incredible actor. He really is. Like, he's really like uh, one of the like A-list actors of our generation. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I honestly, he's uh, before we got to Miles Morales. He was my favorite Spider-Man. Not to like circle around and kind of like <laughs> right. lessen. He's A-list, but oh, like my favorite Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Like no, I thought he did. I thought he did a phenomenal job in those movies. And I know that like the the, the Amazing Spider-Man movies were like very mixed review. Right. Um, See, I like the first one. The second mm-hmm. one, I the second one like now I appreciate it more. But like when it first came out, I was expecting like all this action and everything like that. But then they ended up yeah. going the route of like a a love story. Like, mm-hmm. like, and then like later as I watched, it, I was like, all right, I get that. I get what they're going for. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I I just thought he did. I thought he did a really good Peter Parker, um, mm-hmm. but I thought he was an amazing, you know, if I may, Spider-Man. But yeah, no, he, he did such a good job of being, like, he played the Spider-Man that I played in the PlayStation 2 video game. Like, right. Like, right. he was all over the place, and he was... He was that comic book Spider-Man that was like talking shit to you right. the entire time. Right. Like he would kick your like, ass and be snarky. Right. It's like, oh no, small knife is my weakness. <laughs> oh, oh, how did you know? Oh. And like he just, I, was, he made it so much fun, you know? Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Cause like you got the regular, like the regular portrayal of Spider-Man with um, Tobey Maguire, and like his mm-hmm. his Spider-Man is iconic. Don't get me wrong, but like oh, absolutely. Andrew Garfield, like take that he took. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. 
even yeah. though he was a little cocky when he was Peter, but like at the same time, like, I act live with that. <laughs> yeah, I can I can like put that aside. I think uh, I think like Tobey Maguire played the better Peter Parker between the right. two, right. Um, but I think Andrew Garfield absolutely played the best uh, like Spider Man, and I think Tom Holland is like best of both worlds. Right, I get that because like, like even like when they introduced him in Civil War. And mm-hmm. uh, how like he was all talking shit to like um, Winter Soldier is like, oh, is that oh, a mechanical yeah. arm? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, cu- he's like curious and asking questions, and like just trying to be like, hey, you know, just kind of a kid, right? Um, <laughs> in the middle of this, like, he's fighting other superheroes, you know? Right, um, <laughs> right. Which I, I I absolutely loved. Um, and like I don't know, he doesn't come across as like a geeky Peter right. Parker to me. Um, but, uh, but he's still not quite that, like, cocky Andrew right. Garfield, Peter Parker. Right. Showing and then flash uh, in, the, in the basketball, like, right. <laughs> dunking on him. Like, so much. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think Tom Holland is, is like that, that perfect, you know. Medium. Yeah, he's like good at both, but not like perfect at either. Right. Which I think is I, I think that's a very real way to take it, you know. Like, right. And trust me, like as soon as you see Far From Home, like it's gonna like I'm not even like I'm just like agreeing with you because I don't <laughs> want to give anything away. But like as soon as you see Far From Home, then like yeah, you'll definitely like be like hold like I want to I want to hear your take. Like I'm definitely gonna get you back on like whenever you watch it. So like I'm about it. <laughs> but. You know, like, we're, damn, we're already approaching on two hours. <laughs> yeah, we're getting up there, huh? Shit. <laughs> but honestly, like, it's been it's been really fun, dude. Like, I really enjoyed this um, this conversation. Now, this was this was fantastic, and uh, like the the back and forth is great. It's a lot of fun. You have like really good uh, like interview questions that just kind of like open up to. Like, just kind of brought <laughs> right. like they immediately like answer the question and it just opens up discussion from there like it's it was, right. good. It was really good thank you i appreciate that so like um what we normally do to end out the podcast is like as you know we um give out a recommendation so mm-hmm. um do you have anything that you would like to recommend to the audience uh let's see uh if you're gonna play, if you're gonna pick up a game, I recommend Hollow Knight. And uh, if if you're going to pick up a new artist, um, then I recommend MF Doom. I think uh, I think everybody should check out. Uh, there was an album that was done between MF Doom and Danger Mouse called Danger Doom, Ooh. and it is a phenomenal album. You should check it out. I will definitely check that one out. I actually have it. I actually have MF Doom like right there on my Spotify page. Like I'm ready to go. Yeah. (laughs) And as far as games go, I think I'm a, yeah, I'll do a game recommendation. If you want to experience role playing as a cowboy, then I would (laughs) highly recommend you (laughs) you play Red Dead Redemption 2. Granted, it gets off to a slow start, but like Mm -hmm. it's a slow burn and your heart's going to end up breaking at the end of it just saying top tier story 
but it's a great game. I can't recommend that enough. And then as far as music goes, I like I said earlier in this podcast, like I just been on a Juice World kick, so I would highly recommend the album called Legends Never Die. That was like his last project while he was still like alive, and that like most of those songs he produced and everything like that himself or like with the producer when he was still still living and breathing so i would really highly recommend that album just like even though it gets classified as like sad boy music or anything like that it just really speaks to like the depth and like the lyricism that he had as an artist well i know what i'm queuing up as soon as we're done got you bro (laughs) (laughs) just don't just don't blame me if you get sad (laughs) (laughs) no worries no worries (laughs) all right man um so that that concludes another episode of the Chillin' Vibe podcast. Again, Ben, thank you so much for being on this. This was fun. I think this is probably one of the longest episodes that we had. <laughs> and honestly, like I'm here for every second of it. <laughs> I'm about it. Thank you for having me. This has been an absolute blast. We burned two hours. And it didn't even feel like it though. It didn't even no, feel like it was. No, that hours. went by so fast. Like it felt like it was probably like twenty minutes and then I look up, it was like, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. No problem. We're definitely going to get you back on on the on the podcast. Like whenever, like honestly, like if you're down, you're going to be my alternate whenever Dominic can get on. Any day, baby. All right, cool. So with that said, thank you guys again for joining the podcast. Again, thank you guys for listening to it and streaming it whenever you guys can, whenever I've been posting. Um, so yeah, make sure you guys have a great day. And, you know, we live in, we vibe in, chilling, we drive, we thrive in. yeah all right man (laughs) that was great dude that was awesome um so you